Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast where two friends sit around and talk about music, normally in the formula of giving each other records the other hasn't heard. I am Brand, co-host of the illustrious podcast you're listening to, and I'm here with my co-host, Scott. Scott, good morning. Good morning, sir. We are illustrious. That's the one. That's the word that That's came it. to mind, especially on this second take after we restarted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, it. I still like it. We're here to talk about the Bandemir, the album felony. Before we get going, Scott, what is your familiarity with Muir, if any? Uh, none, except for what we discussed, I think, when we did uh, Wormwood, the first Acacia Strain record. I think we might have, like, touched on them a little bit. Yeah, even though even though Wormwood isn't necessarily the album that the quote-unquote beef was a part of, I felt like it was necessary to bring up. I think we might have uh, kicked around doing a, a whole mini-sode on the Frankie Vincent beef. I don't know if that's going to happen. It may if I decide to do heavy investigation into it again. It might be in this episode. Uh, there will definitely be some. There will definitely <laughs> be some talk about that in here, without a doubt. Yeah. But uh, because you have no knowledge of Amur, let me dive into these notes here and input wherever you feel necessary, Scott. Yeah, let's do it. Amur is an American metalcore band formed in 2003. Yeah, they're that. Lead vocalist Frankie Palmieri of Queens, New York, met a couple of guys... Joe and Ben Lionetti. <laughs> I like that. I like that beginning right there. You met a couple of guys from New York. Well, I, I have to say like a couple of guys <laughs> because I'm giving a brief history of the band as it started. Yeah. But you'll find out later that Frankie's the only original member of the band. Like the oh, band okay. has went through many changes. So I, I didn't want to like focus too much on the early members, sure. even though they created the band. I just liked it. I was appreciating <laughs> it. It was solid. Well, Frankie Palmieri met Joe and Ben Lionetti from New Fairfield, Connecticut through an internet message board. Oh, wow. That's a wild meetup for a band. I mean, <laughs> yes. that definitely like shows that shows the time. Absolutely. Oh, three. It's let's get this going. That didn't happen before. And it, I'm pretty sure it doesn't happen now. Like message boards. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a very specific point of internet history. Yeah, for sure. 
Palmieri traveled to Connecticut for rehearsals, and they recruited Dan Steindler and Jesse Kedvey. Ketave, Ketave. I, I don't exactly know that pronunciation. I apologize. Sure. The band named themselves Immure, being a reference to the act of immurement, which is a form of execution. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, so I have I a definition. Of that. I have a definition of immurement for you. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. And it is spelled differently. Like the band Immure, E M M U R E, but the word yeah. is I M M U R E. Oh, okay. So it's I-M-M-U-R-E-M-E-N-T. So here's the definition. Straight out of the dictionary. Not really. It's Webster's. <laughs> right out of Webster's. Also called immuration or live entombment. It's a form of imprisonment, oh. usually until death, in which a person is sealed within in a closed space without exits. Ouch. That doesn't sound like fun. That like That sounds like my hell. It sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds that, awful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not for that. I'm... Listeners, you may not know this. I'm severely claustrophobic. I don't like being in tight places without an exit. And this is exactly that. Well, by all means, then let me continue this definition to make you even feel more uncomfortable. Oh, Christ. This includes instances where people have been enclosed in extremely tight confinement, such as a coffin. Yeah. When used as a mean of execution, the prisoner is simply left to die from starvation or dehydration. Yeah, the worst. That's like for real. We watch as a family, we watch these shows where people go in like caves and stuff. Just doing that freaks me the hell out because like I can't imagine like crawling on your belly through the tiniest little opening to get to some cavern underneath hundreds of thousands of tons of rock and ground and yeah. like just being cool with it. No, no, I, I need so, wide open spaces exits. Yeah. So I'm you could cool never be a minor. No, no, <laughs> God, no, no. Uh, and then one last thing for immurement distinct from being buried alive, because in, when you're buried alive, the victim typically dies of asphyxiation. So this is right, not yeah. being this buried even alive. Worse. This is just sitting. Until yeah. you're dead. <laughs> Until, like, your body has decided there's not enough sustenance inside of you to sustain mm -hmm. itself. And the organ just, just shut down. Yeah. Yeah, no. Solid I'm stuff. not cool with that. I'm not not cool with that at all. all. Right. Well, we're past that now. So we're pa we don't have to talk about that anymore. Good. Because I'm on the verge of having a panic attack right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll move on then. Frankie Palmieri <laughs> is the only remaining member, original member of the band, and has been subject to... A lot of controversy over the years. Yeah. His personality has made the band unique from other acts in the genre, and critics have described his, quote, no fucks given attitude mm -hmm. as an entertaining standpoint for the band. Is it entertaining? A lot of the controversy, one of the big controversies that I remember, of, aside from him, somebody dug up him using the N-word and the F-slur on old message boards and oh, talked yeah. about, came up that he was homophobic and all that shit. In addition to that, he had a clothing line called Cold Soul. Okay. And one of them had the pictures of the Columbine dudes on the front, and on the back it said, shoot first, ask questions later. I'm not okay with that. And then he had, there was an American History X shirt that that said something also that was like, what are we doing, Frankie? Man, that's a wild movie. Like, I know it's critically acclaimed, and it is a good film. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but man, I've watched it like three times in my life, and that's probably yeah. enough. Yeah, it's, yeah, once you see it, you're kind of good. I mean, there yeah. is a, there is a point where you're, where 
I mean, at least for me, where I was like, oh, that's my favorite movie because you were being that quote unquote edge lord and trying yeah, to be right. the coolest dude around. And I think that's a lot of what got Frankie into the controversy. He was just so much of this edge lord and thought he was just above everything. Yeah, it totally sounds like that. Yeah. It seems like over the years he may have calmed down a little bit, but there's also been times where he would double down on something and then come back oh. on it and then double down on something and then come back on it. He's a a, a divisive character, if you right. will. It's, yeah. It seems like he may be on the right track, but okay. there's always that shadow of, are we sure Frankie's is okay? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, Amira's first release was an EP called The Complete Guide to Needlework that they put out in 06. So, they formed in 03, put an EP out in 06. So, they were a band for three years already before their first EP. Wow. The band then signed to Victory Records. Hey! That's a little little foreshadowing for a future episode. A little bit. (laughs) They then put out the album Goodbye to the Gallows in 07 and The Respect Issue in 08. Okay. So, two records on Victory. Felony is the third studio album by Amir and was released under the Victory Records label on oh. August 18th, 2009. So this so record three. also came out on Victory. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And if and if it does mean anything, I mean, we'll get to it in the cleanup, I imagine. But every album they've put out except for their very last one last year was on Victory. So they have six, seven oh. records on Victory, I think. Okay. So they're longtime Victory guys. Yeah. Victory stuck with them for a while. Like after their initial contract ended they re-signed and put two or three more records out on them oh wow okay that you don't see that happening out of victory (laughs) no not a lot no i wonder how much of that was hey you are making money but who wants to take the risk on frankie palmieri at this point right yeah like i wonder how much of that was involved like he he had nowhere else to go potentially yeah their last record was put out on sharp tone and i'm not even super familiar with sharp tone i don't know anything about that record label well, Felony debuted at number 60 on the Billboard 200. Whoa, really? Selling selling roughly 8,000 copies first week. Wow, that's surprising. Now, the weird thing about that is I was going to get the Billboard charts for the week it debuted, but it came out August 18th, and it yeah. didn't quote-unquote debut on the Billboard charts till like November 7th. Whoa, that's So weird. I don't... I don't know how that all works. I'm not a billboard expert, but it seemed Could weird it to me. Like a, a like a digital version of the album came out in August, and then physical came out in November. And because it was I, early I, on in the internet, maybe Billboard wasn't counting digital releases. I have no idea. I know in the past it was like a week or two, but it was never a month almost. Yeah, that's a really long time. So I don't know if maybe like it wasn't even on anybody's radar and then Victory sent Billboard like, guys, listen, we sold 8,000 of these. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I don't but, know. Hey, hey, we're here. Yeah. Look, look, at, hey. look at us. We're over. We're over here. This record sold some 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 units here. We need to be on these charts. But <laughs> we either way, they the needed 60. So then let's move into the Billboard charts. I got the Billboard 200 week of August 22nd, 2009. Excellent. At number five, by the way, these, I realized in 09, I may have been listening to a lot of music mm. and I may know a lot of singles, but there are not a lot of these big records that I know. Like I know oh. a lot of the singles, sure. but I was not listening to pop albums. I would listen to a pop single. Right. Um, one I wasn't actually listening to, but everybody knows. Uh, number five, Only by the Night, Kings of Leon. I don't know Kings if I of Leon. I know they're, they're huge. Uh, 
bed on fire track wasn't that the wasn't that the name of that song? i, I you will uh, you will know the track that comes off this record when we get to the hot 100 oh okay because uh, it is also on the hot 100 sex on fire sex on fire it might not be off that record but that's i think that's the only thing i know by kings of I, leon i can promise you almost i yeah. can almost guarantee you, you will know this other track when we get to okay. the, the hot 100 yeah the only one that came to my head was was that track i just mentioned number four the end the black eyed peas yeah i was never <laughs> we've talked about them before i was never yes. a black eyed peas guy but i think this is towards the end of when they were huge right that's why it was called the end. I imagine. Yeah, might be. They're like, oh, no, we we know what's up. We <laughs> this is no surprise to anybody. I think we're we've run our run our race. We're good. Number three. I have no idea what this is. Oh, the album Gloriana by the band Gloriana. Oh no, not a clue. A country maybe. That would be my guess. Yeah, it is an American. Just- yeah, it is an American country music group. Yeah, that was just a guess from the name of the band. From Tennessee. At number two, now that's what I call music, volume 31. <laughs> Always. Always. The ever-present. The ever-present, <laughs> now that's what I call music series. Yep. Yep. Good on and, them. And then at number one on the Billboard 200, week of August 22nd, 2009, we have Live on the Inside by Sugarland. Another country. Country yeah, was... Think, yeah. That's another thing I noticed is... There's a lot of country and a lot of hip hop in 09. Yeah. On the charts, there's not a lot much else. Like right. you can you can you can hunt and you can find some. <laughs> like Is at it... number 10, Fabulous yeah. has Loso's Way soundtrack, but Fabulous at number 10 in 09 seems crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. This must be where where country started their like mainstream pop. I yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like venture, like a whole lot of yeah. A whole lot of like poppy country was coming out at the time. And I think this is the year that even the quote unquote outlaw country was poppier. Like the that first Zach Brown band record was considered like outlaw or it was like more oh, really? closely related. I love that record. And that that was 09 also, I believe. Okay. I think it was earlier 09 though. I've seen them live. They're pretty fantastic. I added a couple records on here that we will probably cover at some point on the show. So I had to throw them on here at oh, number sweet. nine. At number nine, we have Fearless by Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, never. I think I think that is the record that we will end up hitting at some point. I think. That's the one? Yeah, never. Her new, her new record I like. I like her new record, but I don't think I can bring you her new record. It just I don't it doesn't mean anything to me. I think I need yeah. to bring one to you that means something to me. Yeah. That new one's a monster from what I understand. Oh, all to top ten <laughs> billboard? Uh, Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. At number 16, an album we are almost definitely going to go hit and you are going to not enjoy this week. I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> it is The Fame by one Miss Lady Gaga. Oh, the lady. I adore that record. I, oh, I almost wore, I have an Amir shirt that has the cover of Just Dance on the front and it says Just Mosh underneath. And on the back, it's just the big Amir logo. It's one of my huh. favorite shirts, but it's a cutoff, and I would feel weird showing up at 8 a.m. on <laughs> to a podcast wearing a cutoff. Right? Is that uh, is that with the uh, poker face? Track poker on face it? is on that one. Yes. I do know that. I actually covered that track a while yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least we got a touchstone <laughs> when we hit there. I, at least you got something I, you'll be familiar with. I got one song I know. At number 19, 
I, I mean, I know it's your favorite by him. Relapse by Eminem. Oh, no. Relapse <laughs> is not. Relapse is not it. Uh, no, that will not be one I bring you. I know Eminem's on the list for you because you're not you're not well versed in him, nor have you had any interest. Uh, mm. But yeah, Relapse is not the one. And then the only other one I got here just for you at number 28, it's 21st Century Breakdown by Green Day. Mm. Nope. No, nine's a rough year for your for, for your artist that you're listening to here. Right yeah, here. I'm not I'm not enjoying oh nine. Oh nine's not where it's at for me. So here we go. Hot 100 week of August 22nd, 2009. Number five, the Kings of Leon. We talked about them. And I said, you know, this track, use yeah. somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was yeah. A, it was a pretty big. It was a pretty big. That game. was a huge track. And actually, I didn't mind it all that much. I, I don't know if I knew it was Kings of Leon. I might have bought that CD. So you, you might own only by the night. I just don't. You know what? Let me look at the cover real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did own that CD. And actually, I don't remember it being too terrible. You helped that thing on its way to get on those billboard charts then. Hey, you're part of those numbers. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad I could help. I'm assuming you've never listened. I know that track. I definitely have never listened to the album. I might write that down as a potential because... Now that I look at the cover, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty good record. And I wouldn't mind revisiting it. I don't think I ever had a problem with Kings of Leon, but I also never felt the need to investigate any yeah, more than I, the singles. They've never been problematic as far as I know. And then uh, I never listened to anything after that. But I do remember that record being pretty solid, at least. Like I said, I'll, I'll revisit it before I give it to you. But it's an <laughs> okay. interesting thought. Next up at number four, we got Knock You Down by Carrie Hilson featuring the artist formerly known as Kanye West and Neo. I, uh, nope. I, I don't even know who that is. Like, I, I mean, I know Yay and... I knew like three or four Carrie Hilson tracks from around this time, but I don't think I ever listened to the album. She put out a couple of good Big Smash singles that I was into. Knock You Down was one of them. Uh, I think Turning Me On is another one. I, I was a fan of Carrie Holson at this point. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't recall ever hearing her unless she featured on something that I didn't know. That's fair. Number three, best I ever had by Drake. I think it might be his like smash first single. Like that might be the big one that got him going. I legitimately don't think I've ever heard an actual Drake, Drake track. Like I've heard him featured on things, but I don't think I've ever actually heard a Drake track. Best I ever had is probably the, song that introduced me to drake if i'm being honest he like it's like singing drake like drake's definitely singing before he's not rapping rapping yet gotcha no when you say best i ever had the i automatically go to the who <laughs> okay no so, this is definitely yeah, not the who definitely not definitely not the who definitely not that at number two you belong with me taylor swift massive massive song it was all fearless so okay, if yeah, when we cover fearless yeah what was the track called you belong with me you you probably heard it in a store or something because it, yeah. it it's it's still played on the radio. The only one of hers that I can remember is that uh, "Teardrops on My Guitar" track. Okay, yeah, that was off the previous record, I believe. Okay, yeah, that's the only one that I like can say I know is Taylor Swift, like early Taylor Swift. Yeah, Fear, Fearless was kind of her almost morphing more into that. Wow, Taylor Swift might be responsible for the pop country stuff because <laughs> oh no, <laughs> because fearless fearless is very poppy, but it still has her countryness to it. It's 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 something. 
I'm All a right. big fan of Fearless. I like our first record too, but I'm a big fan of Fearless. Okay. And then number one on the Hall 100 week of August 22nd, 2009, I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas. Oh, man. Yeah, I know that track. It, it was a monster. And yeah, it was, I don't like it. Like, it was unescapable. Like, you couldn't get away from that fucking thing. It was all over the place. No matter, it was on every commercial. No matter where you were. Yeah, it was in commercials. It was in stores. It was on every radio station. Even you were, if you were listening to, like, a metal radio station, it somehow yeah. made its way on there. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. And I just grabbed a, a few couple random ones off the Hot 100 here. Always have to mention them. At number 21, we have New Divide by Linkin Park. Yeah, man. What what album is that off of? Is that off Minutes to Midnight? It might be. I mm, Actually, 09 seems late. That's late for That's Minutes to Midnight. That's what I was going to say. No, no, no. It's, it's off the, the Transformers uh, soundtrack. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, and, you, you always talk about Linkin Park and Transformers. They're amazing. Every time a new Transformers movie came out for a good chunk of time, Linkin Park was right there. They're like, you know what? Uh, we're going to put out an album at the same time, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I don't think I listened to this this album. I think Minutes to Midnight was the last Linkin Park record I listened to. I love Minutes to Midnight. It's that, I, I, I say it every single time we talk about Linkin, Linkin Park. I love every record. They're fantastic. Next up at 23 on the Hot 100, and... If there is ever something, you know how I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Like, I feel like if you enjoy something, <laughs> you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Yeah, like, never feel it, guilty about it. Yeah. This, this, track and the, <laughs> this track and this album that it's from are the closest thing that I have to a guilty pleasure. And the, the track is I'm Yours by Jason Mraz. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that whole record. Yeah. That was Mr. A to Z. Was that that record or... No, that isn't was it. We sing, we night. dance, we steal things. Is that it? Is that the name of it? I the, the cover's like a drawing of him, like a yeah. pen drawing. It's the one with Dynamo Volition. I fucking love all those tracks. I too like Jason Mraz. It's and uh, it, I don't know why I feel like a little guilty about it. Like I feel like shouldn't, but I really do. I don't. Well, I I can understand where maybe you feel that way because you are so indefinitely not about singer songwriter <laughs> yes that's probably uh, it and he is kind of the the early 2000s definition of that guy yeah like him and john mayer michael buble a little bit at this point michael buble never really wrote though he kind of he's, he's a like uh he's like a josh groban guy yes very much okay. so Okay. Yeah, uh, that is off the Jack Johnson. Dance, we steal things. Yes, Jack Johnson is heavy, yeah. beachy California type singer songwriter guy. And I've I've gotten down with some Jack Johnson records too. There, they, and it had to be during this time. It had to be during yeah. 09 when I was getting down with Jack Johnson and Jason Mraz. I think I might have heard one Jack Johnson record and never went on past that. Uh, was it but, was it his Curious George record for kids? No, no. <laughs> Uh, the cover was like a silhouette of him playing guitar under a tree with like oh, so every other green record and blue he sky or something. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm just <laughs> pulling out of nowhere from the back of my mind. It's as simple as something that nobody knows that a riser is bigger than bubbly toes in the feet of the heat of the heart of the cot. Whoa, really? <laughs> something. So I I know the lyrics in there were right somewhere. All of them. Wow. Were, but some of them were okay. Yeah, uh, I messed with I, I messed with Jason Mraz for his first three records. 
I, I we sing, we dance, we still things. I like that one. I didn't listen to any yeah. others. That's that the only one the, I listened to. That was to. the last one of his that I listened to. Uh, another track we have at number thirty six. We have huge track for me. I ended up downloading this record. Huge track. Ice cream paint job by Duro. I have no idea. Are what you that familiar is? with this track? No, I have no idea what that is at all. Yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot, Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. Wow, fresh outside, fresh inside, something, something, something frame in the trunk wide. Inside <laughs> peanut butter, outside tartar sauce, pocket full of. Nope, that's a different song now. <laughs> but he definitely says like inside. Oh, he says inside peanut butter, outside jelly. Seven days out of a week, seven different Chevys. Wow, like SS with a top pone off. Yeah, I was a big fan. That, that song was huge for me. I didn't know it got that high in the Hot 100. I thought it was just like a local me and my boys thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, never big heard fan that. of that. And then this song, you want to talk about Inescapable. This thing was Inescapable for, I'm going to call it four years after oh, wow. this. And I, not only did I like this song, mm-hmm. I downloaded the record and listened to this whole record. It is That's Not My Name by the Ting Tings. The Ting Tings. I, you know, that like a, that's not my name. That's not my name. They call me Quiet. But I'm a riot. Maybe Jolisa. Always the same. That's not right, my there's, name. There's like a lot of clapping going on in that track. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. That thing tickled my whatever it was supposed to do. It tickled it perfectly. And I <laughs> right. downloaded that record. I liked the record, but that track is definite the best track on that record. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I never listened to the record. I do recall that song, though. If I ever feel super squirrely, I will throw the Ting Ting's record (laughs) on the list, but we'll see what happens. So let's move on to albums. Other albums released August 2009. Sure. I did a lot of investigation. I was trying to figure out what you were listening to, man. Like I was, I was really trying to figure it out. So far, nowhere on anything. (laughs) I think I I got a couple things in here you would definitely listen to. Some you might have listened to. Some I'm hoping you didn't because I kind of want to bring them to you. Okay, cool. So August 4th, Touche Amore with To the Beat of a Dead Horse. I know those dudes. Uh, not that record, but they are similar in style, kind of in the same vein as Law Dispute. Not uh, as abrasive, I'd not, say. No, and more structured as far as songs yeah. go. But yeah. yeah, I dig those dudes. And Law Dispute is huge for me. I, I'm pretty sure they're huge for you, too. Yeah, yeah, massive. I, yeah. I don't know this record by Touche Amore either. Me neither. And yeah. I had to take a break from Touche Amore after that stage four record where the entire thing is about that his was mother a rough one, going dude. through yeah. stage four cancer. It's it's rough. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, rough. it's real rough, yeah. I feel like this could have been a crossover record for you and I. Like I feel like oh. this is one that we both may have listened to. Okay. And it is Secrets of the World by Trapped Under Ice. Nope, I don't know him. It's probably the closest I got to listening to "quote unquote" modern thrash because it's it's okay. kind of thrashy, like it's a bit thrashy, but it's gotcha. it was heavy enough for me that I was like, yeah, I can I can get down with this. I can All right, yeah, this. never never listened to it. Uh, one you may have only listened to recently, August seventh, we have Behemoth's Evangelion. I don't like. I haven't traveled that far back in their discography. Okay, uh, so no, like I mean I'm. I'm jumping around in their discography, really. Like, I, I've listened to some of their early, early stuff, and then all of their last, like, four or five records. But I, ha- I haven't heard that one yet. This was the last one by them that I think I was keeping up with. And then the record prior to this was my favorite record by them. 
Okay. Oh, uh, was it Demigod? Is that Demigod? Yeah. Yeah. That's. I know you've mentioned that one to me before, and I still haven't checked it out yet, though. So next up, August 11th, something you've brought up before that if you hadn't listened to it, I, I wouldn't have even wrote it, written it down because I wouldn't have oh, known okay. what it was. Sure. It is the self-titled record Slaughterhouse by Slaughterhouse. Man, that yeah, that's that's a good that's a good record. Like, I'm a big fan of that record. That's why I wrote it down. I knew yeah. I knew you were at least listening to something on here then. It's a great rap group like record. It's just real fucking good. Royce to five nine. Uh, Joel Ortiz, uh, King Crooked going by Crooked Eye back then, and Joe Budden, uh, the four of them doing that. That project is amazing. The weirdest part about all that for me is also on August 11th, Joe Budden put out a skate route. Joe Budden during that period was really busy. Like he liked to stay busy. <laughs> now, I'm not saying every one of his projects were good. Uh, I'm not a fan of most of his projects, but Slaughterhouse was was on a different level, bro. It was it was it just it feels weird putting out a solo record the same exact day you put out a collab project. Yeah, he just stayed busy. And now he's retired from hip hop, so. Well, from hip hop making hip hop because he still has a hip hop podcast. I would still yeah, say that's no, considered does... part of the culture. Oh yeah, yeah, he's part of the culture still, but he's he's no longer rapping. Okay. So then last one I have here for August 11th, it's the album. I am by Texas in July. Are you familiar? I've never even heard of them. That record was massive for me. I listened to that oh. thing so much. I think they're from Lancaster, like the same place where August Burns red is from. Okay. I think I'm not positive. I'm going to write it down though. I loved this record. It was it, it, it blew my it blew my socks off in a time when oh. I was listening to basically every here we go genres metalcore, <laughs> deathcore, hardcore album out. This yeah. was one that stood above them and, and sounded a little different. And it, it oh it, cool, it was wild to me how good it was, and that nobody really listened to them. Oh neat, yeah. No, I don't even think I've ever heard of that band. So then on August eighteenth, we have Third Eyed Blind with Ursa Major. I have not listened to a Third Eye Blind record since their first one. Since and I, I love the first one. Yeah, their self-titled one with Jumper on it. Uh, I love that record, but then I I was like, uh, I don't trust them to get better than this. So I just stopped. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> just Shut <yeah>. it down. <laughs> on August 18th, I think we got another name we could start putting in there for, like, we always talk about Lincoln Park. We always oh, yeah. talk about... Uh, Dolly Madonna, Parton. she always pops up. Dolly Parton pops up. Yeah. Reba. Reba does pop up quite a bit. Reba McIntyre put out the record, Keep On Loving You. And In I, 09? 09. Doing really? It. You know she's back on tour right now. You know that. Is she really? I did not know that. Reba's back on tour as we speak. Oh, man, that's wild. August 24th, another record that I listened to a lot, but it wasn't my favorite by them. It's the, the album The Great Stone War by Winds of Plague. I don't know them either. No one's a plague for you? Nope. I don't know if I care enough to write down that and add it to a list, but I'll keep it on the on, on my mind, and maybe okay. if I revisit them, I'll think about it. Sure. August 25th, uh, the last record by these guys that I actually got into, it is We Are All We Have by The Casualties. Oh, yeah. We, we, had a, we have a, a joined appreciation for The Casualties. 
I think this was the year they played Warp Tour also, which is the year I saw them. So 2009 the, the, is late for me for Warped Tour. Like yeah. I, I stopped years before this. Well, 09 was when it was getting like heavy. Oh yeah. Like Acacia Strain played 09, I think. Uh, Emir played 2010, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kill Switch, Azalea Dying, Attack Attack. Like they all played Warp Tour. So it was, I was getting more into it because they were having heavy Because they were having there. heavy bands, yeah. So then August 26th, I think I may have touched on this briefly before that I tried to get into that like operatic metal. Like, oh, I, yeah. I know there's a genre. I don't know the exact name of it, but I, I like the opera singers with metal backing, basically. Yeah. I tried and it wasn't for me. This was one of the <laughs> records that I tried. And it was uh, the band Leaves Eyes, and the the album was Nord N J O R D Nord. Sure. Yeah, it didn't. I tried. A That's not hard. it. <laughs> I tried real hard. It didn't, yeah. it didn't do it for me. I've I've never gotten into the metal with opera singers. I'm more a metal with orchestral backings. Like I love that stuff. A lot of those, a lot of these groups have it, but then they do add like the very like traditional singing on yeah, it. Yeah. it doesn't it doesn't do it for me i don't think that I does i don't think that does it for me either but i've never really tried a couple of uh, are you listening alums that's what i'm gonna start calling bands Ooh, of albums like we've it. covered i I'm like start it calling bands of albums we covered are you listening alums the first one august 28th three inches of blood put out here waits thy doom there they are we like those guys we like them oh, a lot. I, I love those dudes yeah. And then August 31st, we have the Are You Listening alum, The Used, put out artwork. Hey, I believe that was one I grabbed up. And that's one that, as you said, most of the used records for you are, they, you got to stew on them. Like, you yeah, got to yeah. stew on them. That artwork was that for me. I did not like artwork at all when it came out. And then I, I, I turned around. I think that was one that I really liked from get-go. Uh, final album I have here for albums released in August 2009. August 31st, Killer Mike put out Underground Atlanta. Killer Mike. Who doesn't love Killer Mike? I don't I know that record off the top, but yeah. man, he I, I love Killer Mike. I also love Killer Mike. I don't know if I dive into a Killer Mike project, if it will be... Hmm, I'm trying to level this, this statement somehow. Because <laughs> Killer Mike has a definitive flow and style that he doesn't mm -hmm. alter much. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's not an LP there or if it's not a feature, it is it going to be just too much Killer Mike doing the same yeah. thing? That being said, I'm a huge fan of Project Pat who does the same flow every single time. <laughs> and I get behind it every single time. So right. maybe it won't. Maybe, maybe it would be great. But He's got a new project coming out soon. I, I, I think I've I, seen two singles come off of it so far. I saw that the one single that just came out, I didn't watch it though, but I, I saw that it came out because I, I am going to listen to the project probably when it comes yeah. out. Yeah. I liked the first single better than this new one that just came out. Did you end up listening to that track off the West Side Gun album that had those them featured? Did I listen to that? I don't think I did. I should. I need to. Actually, I was going to listen to that whole project, but I, I don't think I did. It features RTJ because I think I sent it to you. And I mean, you were probably working or something. No, and you yeah, said, no I think you, and I, I don't think you, you actually sent it to me. I think you sent me just the uh, most deaf. I mean, the Yasin Bey and Talib Kweli one. Oh, no, I'm positive I said it because I said features RTJ and I didn't include the surprise on there because Stove is also on it. Oh, shit. Yeah, I need to. I, I must have been working. It's Run the Jewels and Stove God. Oh, man. Yeah, I need to listen to that. And of course, Westside Gun doing his thing. But of course, 
All right, well, that's all I got for the albums released. So, Emir's Felony, Scott, is yeah. 12 tracks, and it's a tight meal. It is 31 minutes, 37 seconds. That is one thing you can say about it. Uh, it's it's pretty short. So, I, I kind of, I, 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 even though you chose it, <laughs> Technically, with the Rick Ross record, I kind of yeah. had to make up for it with this one because the Rick, right. Rock, Rick Ross record was over an hour. So I was like, ah, yeah, I got to help was him out here. But that record was great. I loved that record. So before we get into your breakdown, let me just read this like tagline for the record. Felony is the first album by Amir to draw more on a new metal influence. You can hear it. Evident by the more frequent bounce riffs and rapped vocals at times. There's definitely that stuff in there. And it is produced by, I can't remember his name offhand, but he's from the band Ion Dissonance. Are you familiar with Ion Dissonance? No idea who that is. They're like a heavy, kind of industrial, maybe even a little mathy band. Oh, but okay. you could definitely, if you if you know Ion Dissonance, some of the sounds that you hear on this, like the, um, yeah, like the dissonant chords you hear that are yeah. just rattling through some of these tracks. You're like, Oh yeah, that's the production. Like that's, what yeah, it is. there's definitely, uh, there's definitely some new metal influence you can hear in it. Uh, especially along the lines of some of the, the guitar sounds in there. Like you can mm-hmm. hear heavy corn influences kind of. Well, Frankie has said that some of his, two of his major, major influences are Jonathan Davis of corn and yeah. Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. Oh man, he was in it. As well as the, I can't remember his name, but the vocalist of Faith No More. Mike Patton. Isn't that his okay. name? Okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Pretty sure. But without further ado, Scott, let's get into it. Yeah. Amir's Felony, track one, Sunday Bacon. Sunday Bacon. This feels like a bro Southern rock new metal combination that never needed to happen. <laughs> Uh, if there's one thing you can do to completely turn me off is write a song completely about a gun <laughs> and the way this song is, is lyrically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't need it. I'm going yeah, to, it is in 09 though. So we weren't like the, the whole country wasn't exactly under the, the lock of there's all these shootings. Like, yes, they were happening. Yeah. But there wasn't as many in 09. It was almost a, a happier time for guns, if that makes sense. I've never had a happy time with guns. Like, I've always been a, like a nah, I don't need guns kind of dude. Okay. And that, I mean, you could say that's from Columbine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in school at the time and yeah, th- that shook me. So yeah, not, not really into that kind of stuff. You, you could also say that the gun lyrics and the gun intent of all this is based on Frankie's love of the gangster rap and the, the, the hip hop culture also like it yeah. could have been playing off that. I could see that and not knowing anything about him or that side of him. Sure. Yeah. By the way, if you ever saw him, it is, it's almost scary. Yeah. Like he just, he looks like a dude, but his eyes are like almost so blue that it's terrifying. If that oh. makes sense. Yeah, I gotcha. Like, they're super bright blue. Like, they have to be fake, but <laughs> they're actually not. Uh, it's hard to even explain. Just Google Frankie Palmieri real quick. <laughs> and then, like, the first picture that pops up, you'll see his eyes, and you'll see what I mean. Like, they're not even... Maybe they're even green, but it just... There's something, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But your your assessment of the whole bro thing, y- yeah, that's kind of... 
that's been a hamper to a mirror here and there where there yeah. is some stuff that comes through as super broy. There's a lot of bro in this record. <laughs> but it might also it, it oh, it's hard to even get here because it's hard to explain the vibe of this scene at the time. Sure. Because it's almost like the attitude that these dudes had were what the bros were like imitating almost. Okay. Like these guys were actually acting and being hard. Whereas like the bro culture was like, oh, we are that. Like we're not going to act like it, but we are that. Yeah, I get it. It's really hard to explain. Oh, nine was a wild time. (laughs) Yeah. And oh, nine, I was much old. Like I was past the scene at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So I have, I'm sure I have different views on this attitude yeah, whether 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 it's real or an act, to me it just reads as an act. Like it, it probably is real. Yeah. Maybe he is super hard, and you know will beat the shit out of anybody. I just look at we, it and I'm like, ah, oh, really, really. We, we we can talk a little bit about his hardness when we get to a later a later track, but sure. Also, Frankie is like directly in the middle of our age, I believe. Like he's four years older okay. than me, which means I think he's four years younger than you. He's yeah. 36. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it, w- it would be interesting to have not his, but somebody of that exact age who was into this, their take on this. That would be interesting. And I, I wouldn't want to interview him. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would depend on what Frankie we get, because from what I understand, there are multiple Frankies that come to different. I feel different like interviews. my critiques would bring out the not good side of Frankie. so moving on to the second track i thought you met telly and turned me into casper the vocals the effects on them when he's just like talking like not really because he's he doesn't really sing on most of this record and not when he's screaming but his vocals when he's talking i'm not a fan of okay i don't like the doubling up without variation like he's like it seems like his talking voice he's trying to harmonize with himself but it doesn't it doesn't work and it messes with my the way i listen okay so having the double dub like uh, i'll take it like a hip-hop way when you want to emphasize something in a hip-hop song you double up on just like the Mm punchline and that gives it that little that little extra he does that with all his spoken vocals which yeah. throws it completely throws me off because I'm not used to hearing it that way. Okay. And throwing me off like that makes me like I don't want to say cringe, but it like it 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 just doesn't do it for me. I don't like the doubling up at all. And these lyrics feel like they're written from the perspective of a high school quarterback who's dating the head cheerleader. I also really hate how when dude is screaming, it's like he's not even trying to enunciate. Yeah, he's his he kind of just unleashes when he hits like his his fries, his vocal fries. He kind of just unleashes yeah. and there's not much there. You kind of have to listen for it. And even after you listen for it, even with her, even with an acquired ear, you have to use the lyric sometimes. That's for sure. I think I have an acquired ear for this type of vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, We've listened to enough of this type of vocal just on the podcast. And in my own personal life, I've listened to this type of vocal. It'll get more in the notes as we go through this record, but there are points where he just 
vocalizes not saying words. I'm pretty fucking sure. <laughs> Is this the track where um, it's the like there's a hard backbeat like breakdown and then it's like almost a female vocal but roboticized yeah. yes. saying like I want you coming inside me. Yeah, I hate it. I didn't know that's what that said until I investigated deeper for this listen through. Yeah, like, for I, this episode. I looked up all these songs on Genius. Um yeah. because I had to to understand what meant. Uh and we'll get to that again in another uh song but yeah yeah i yeah i didn't need this track either uh well the title of this track i thought you might tell me and turn me into casper is a reference yeah. to two characters from the 1995 film kids i remember that movie i remember watching that like twice in my life uh because i just feel grimy after oh, watching yeah. that movie oh it's that's yeah, so it's that it's that kind of movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's not it's not great. <laughs> oh no. No, it's not. So moving on to track three, I Heart EC2, which I'll I'll just lay it out beforehand. It's a reference to the film Planet Terror. Have you ever seen Planet Terror? Yes. The 2007 uh Robert Rodriguez movie. Yeah, Rodriguez film okay. that uh Quentin Tarantino helped produce, and then it came in with Death Proof. Yeah, Death Proof. Yep, I was yep. trying to pull Rose, Mc Rose McGowan was the, yep. the feature. With, yeah. a, so. with a gun for a leg? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that is what I Heart EC2 is a reference to, is Planetaire. Okay. Uh, man, the vocal style switch-ups in this track are wild. The part where the written lyrics are always reaching, never there, but always reaching, is not what this dude is actually vocalizing. Uh, it's literally <laughs> just the raw, 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 <laughs> Like I, I had to look it up and yeah, nowhere in that vocal are those words. That, that happens sometimes. We, we get, we get across that sometimes. If you recall the, the most definitive example of that on that anti-flag record, Davey destroyed the punk scene. <laughs> yes. When he is not saying sacrificing them for his image. It's not yeah. happening. No. It's not happening. But I can't agree with the rest that, of the track. I can understand what he's saying on that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I still felt because it was between this and another record. You're no matter what you say, this could be the biggest girl in the world. You're going to get that other record probably. Yeah. But I felt like because this was the record where they introduced this new metal vibes, mm -hmm. I needed this one to come first. I could have even went farther back and brought you a respect issue, but sure. I bet you, you would even have disliked that more because oh, it's kind of, it's this without the the odd stuff. And okay. I feel like the odd stuff is, even if you dislike the odd stuff, it's enough to like grab you to listen to it a little bit. Sure, yeah. Whereas the respect issue, you may have been two, two tracks in and just been like, man, I'm all right. <laughs> like, I, heard, right. I heard this track before. Like I heard this track right. a second ago. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to Felony. And now this is the one where I have to talk about his hardness because this allegedly is inspired by the real event where Frankie assaulted his best friend by hitting him in the head with a beer bottle. And then he was arrested and he went to jail. Yeah. This is not a dude that I would befriend. <laughs> like Let, let's put an asterisk by that because this is an 09 and I agree fully in 09. I would not want to be friends with Frankie Palmieri. I think he may have settled down and sure. gotten like gotten some help. Maybe 
hope let's so. hope so. Let's oh, hope so yeah. for the sake oh, of his nine. friends and family. Yeah, oh nine, I liked the music, but there was not a doubt in my mind that I wouldn't ever want to meet Frankie Palmieri. Right. This band seems like they're just a bunch of roided up high school football guys who are trying to be <laughs> edgy without actually being edgy. Don't if there's if there's one thing in a song, don't fucking call me son. <laughs> I hate that. And I know he was doing it to emphasize the point with someone he has an issue with. Yeah. But man, I take that stuff personally. <laughs> so you, and you, I you didn't hear it, it as you didn't hear it as him talking to the guy he brought the beer bottle off of. You took it as him talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. That's just how I listen to things. It it definitely has that edge lord feel to this one. Yeah. But I again, I didn't know what Frankie was like in 09 and apparently he was hard and broke bottles over his head's friend his friends heads. Oh, piece of shit. Piece uh, of shit is the words you're looking for, I think. I think Frankie was oh, yeah. a piece of shit. Man. I I I love this record, but like I said, there was never a doubt in my mind where I was like, "Oh yeah, he could be my friend." Yeah, no. The- like, even listening to Acacia Strain and hearing Vincent, and I mean, even though like looking back, Visions twenty twenty, and hearing that maybe he wasn't a great dude back then, <laughs> right? But I still thought that maybe this dude would be cool, even though yeah. if he was an asshole. But Frankie, I don't think there was ever any doubt. I don't think anybody anybody would say that. They would never like, "Oh yeah, that seems like a nice guy." Yeah, no, he j- it just seemed like he was playing it up, and it made me like, come on, man. I feel like I could just take you out with one punch because you're trying to act so hard. <laughs> and, and apparently he was so hard, but I f- like my vibes from this is like, you're trying way too hard, bro. Like, <laughs> way too hard. It's definitely like super aggro metalcore like it's yeah. super aggro death chorus type stuff yeah. i ha- I have in here also that uh they sound like the worst possible mix of limp biscuit and five finger death punch i don't agree with the second part because i don't <laughs> hear any five finger death punch in here just in and the aggro bro culture side most of that most of the aggro bro culture i get from five finger death punch is from their i think we've talked about this the vocals that sound like a dad yelling at his son in the den yeah, yeah, and I don't, I, I don't hear that from Frankie because you can't understand the words he's saying when he's <laughs> screaming anyway, <laughs> right? But felony is one of the first tracks that I felt the need to learn those words, like that beginning, like this might be your two years ago, but this pain is my forever living. Well, it just wasn't good enough. I wanted my revenge. Yeah. I fucking love this track. It's it's a big one for me. I'm I'm with you. Like I'm with you where it is that edge lord shit, but it hit yeah. me at just the right time. I had testosterone blasting through my veins. Sure. I was I was just and this is when I wore my King of the Pit shirt to right. the shows I went to. Like yeah. I was just in this shit. Right. And the 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 part that you found the most negative, the I thought you were hard son. I love it. I think it's great because it, I don't see it as talking to me. I see it as talking to yeah. the dude he broke the, the beer bottle yeah, off and of. I totally the story get that. In it. Yeah. And if, I mean, if I was younger, like if I wasn't listening yeah. to this for the first time as a 40 year old man, like yeah. 13 years after this record came out, I might enjoy it. Like that, that line. But I've had in my life, I've actually had people like talk down to me and call me son like that Yes, to the point where if somebody did that to me again, nowadays there's a distinct chance I'd be brought up on assault charges. Uh, (laughs) I hate that. I hate that as uh, like a derogatory term. Uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm 40 years old. I have two fathers. None of them are talking to me that way. <laughs> I, I don't need someone else giving me that vibe. Amir has definitely went through waves with me. Like there's sure. been the, the nostalgia has always been there, but yeah. there's been, Oh, I love this, but Oh, it's fucking cringy. And yeah. then it's, Oh, I forgot about this album. Oh, I love this. And then let's do more. Oh, it is kind of cringy. <laughs> and it's just because I think they are so saturated in the attitude of the scene at the time. And Frankie's attitude as a whole, like just, yeah. there's so much of Frankie in the Amir discography i i finally get to a point in the notes here where i break away from frankie so much okay because i have to because he's definitely a dude at this time in his life that i want nothing to do with as i can tell in the lyrics oh real quick in this in felony i believe i think i think it's felony 44 seconds in roughly there's that moment where the music breaks off there's a machine gun and then the riff picks up as the exact like yeah. rhythm of that machine gun. It might be one of the sickest engineering production things <laughs> right. I've ever heard. I still yeah. love it to this day. When I think of something that makes me fucking like crumple my fists up and want it, it's like, that. you're ready to it's, go. Yeah. It was during felony at warp tour. There, there was a beach ball like floating around all day, like just oh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It floated into the middle of the pit, and I like two steps my way through, grabbed the beach ball, bit it, tore it in half, and then threw <laughs> it into the crowd during felony. And I, there was never a time in my life where I felt like I was more of a king of anything. Right, than that, that was moment. it. Yeah, I was like, I, this is it. I'll, this is the top moment. I'll never be better than this moment. Yeah. So then, moving on to you, sunk my battleship. Frankie starts the song off with a voice that I feel just sounds goofy and corny. See, this is the one where I thought you might get down with that vocal. Because I knew you weren't going to be super into the other ones. But this is the one that starts out, um, looks like I'm digging my grave. (laughs) I I think it's because we're five songs in. And I've gotten the different vocal styles from him. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, there's too much trying in this. Okay. Like, whereas maybe if this was earlier on in the record, I would have been like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, musically, this band does some pretty interesting things. It seems like they're taking some influence from Korn and Deftones on this track. Uh, The screaming, the guitars that delay in the breakdown are fantastic. The lyrics aren't terrible on this one, but the vocals are just so spastic and muddied. That Mm -hmm. I just, Frankie doesn't do it for me. On their previous record, The Respect Issue, the production is even muddier. Like it's, it's almost like everything's behind a cloud. It's hard to explain. Like all, all of the instruments are combined into just one amalgam that comes out as a cloud. Like it's really interesting. Yeah. But also I could see it not being good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So then next up, we have the philosophy of time travel. I dig the beginning of this one. Very doomy with no vocal effects. The guitars get a little creepy. Uh, This is the best song so far. I really actually like this song. The song itself is a reference to the title of the fictional book from the film Donnie Darko. Oh, okay. The guitar riffs played on the track are similar to the melody of a song from the film's score. Okay. And then much of the lyrics were inspired by the film as well. That explains why I like the song, because I really dug Donnie Darko. Yeah. 
That would make sense then. Yeah. So the next up, we have first impressions. Uh, yes, you are an asshole. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> uh, for real, these doubled up vocals are really getting on my nerves. I feel like I would dig this band a lot more with a different vocalist. That musical switch was unexpected and amazing. If the vocalist would stick to the style he was doing when he said, this is what I wanted, this is what I needed, this is what I'm looking for, I would like every single song a whole lot more than I do. The repeat bug is hitting hard on this song. Yeah, yeah, no, and they're they're known for their repeat bugs, and they're known for overdoing breakdowns, but I don't think that's a thing that can happen, but that's I, just me personally. I like breakdowns, so overdoing breakdowns, I think along the lines with you, uh, you can't. You can't, mm-hmm. uh, but the repetition thing is heavy on some of these tracks. I also think that Frankie changing up his vocal style so often is what drew me to Amir. Sure, I can see that. Because and he, he I, I like so much different stuff. Yeah, he's, it, yeah. I mean, in any track, he's doing two, three different vocal sounds. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if the lyrics were different, I wouldn't mind his vocal styles all that much. Mm-hmm. But we're so far into this record that I'm just like, already have that feeling that weird like dude you're playing it too you're playing it too heavy like just (laughs) ease back the bro throttle a bit like you don't have to i i and yeah i get it but like when i was listening to this i was like you don't have to pretend to be so hard and i guess he really was so hard but man i didn't need it (laughs) well getting to the the, let's be honest the track that we're here for the track that i kind of wanted to give you this record for are too deep throat scott please tell me how much you hated this track because i know you hated this track i <laughs> it's funny that he makes it seems like he could kick my ass if i talk shit but i don't feel the conviction <laughs> he, he seems like the worst kind of school bully like big talk but can't back it up that's just the vibe i'm getting okay. and this is one where i'm like go ahead talk that shit you can say it to my face I'm going to punch you in the mouth like a little bitch is like what I the feeling I had for this one. He probably would knock me out knowing that knowing his history now, but listening to this, I just like, man, you're, you're trying way too hard. And I feel like I could just knock you out at the knees and it'd be done. Well, this is the track that was directed towards Vincent of Acacia strain. This is the Uh, one. This is the one because okay. they both fought over like how plagiarism they both plagiarized each other. And then it ended up Frankie said, he, yeah, he said he had sex with Vince's girlfriend. And then we may touch on it later, but I'm also just say it. This did culminate into a green room fight. Actually, Vincent and Frankie did fight. Hey. And the reports are that Vincent did get the best of him and walked out. But that's I only love reports. It. We don't really know. Sure. But, but I like that report. Like that's that's exactly the feel I get from this song. <laughs> like the report is also that like Vincent is straight edge. So Vincent was completely sober and oh, Frankie yeah. was apparently hammered and on all kinds of drugs, pills, all kinds of shit. Yeah. He's so. the culmination of dude bro culture. Like <laughs> that that's it. And then he's gonna pick a fight with the wrong fucking guy and he's yeah. gonna get his ass knocked out. And that's how I felt in this song. And I really, really hope that that's what actually happened in that green room. And there, uh, there's also, there's a verse, R2-D3 contains a verse from 1995's Shook Ones Part 2 by Mob Deep. Yeah, I did hear, uh, it's like a, like three lines Yeah, of, of that song. Yeah, I yep. thought I heard it, I just wasn't, 
I'm not super versed on on them, but I I know a little bit, and I uh, that sounded familiar to me. It was kind of Frankie like giving his nod to like New York hip hop because he's from New York, so it was kind of just yeah. like you know these guys. Okay, right. So now that we're past that track, but man, I'm gonna be honest though that breakdown live. Do me a favor next time you see her, ask your girl what my dick tastes like. It goes off. That it does was, go up. That was just it. Like, I was just like, oh, man, really? Like, that is <laughs> everything some high school bully quarterback football star would say. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a mirror, you could be like, oh, yeah, those leaguers are paint by numbers. But I think it's the way they do them. That I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I, like, how do you make that phrase that I've heard idiots say forever? sound badass and okay you did it cool right the problem is i've just heard idiots say it forever that it like it's grading yeah and but maybe if you heard it in 09 it wouldn't have been you know what i mean like maybe it would have sounded different i mean 09 i had lucas i i'm i'm not saying i mean like (laughs) you you wouldn't have had those 11 years 13 years yeah to hear to hear it being said so like you wouldn't have heard it that many times because I heard that in high in my high school years. Yeah, but you also add on 12, 13 more years of being it heard, set, being I, it, yeah, hearing it being said. Wow, I struggled through that. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so let's move on to bars in Astoria. Uh, the wild thing about this record is that the music sounds amazing, and actually a great blend of different aspects of the hard music genres, but the vocalist just turns me completely off. These lyrics could actually work for a hip hop artist. Maybe I don't care how many times you repeat yourself. I'm not scared of you knowing where I sleep. (laughs) And he does repeat it a lot. He definitely repeats it a lot. Yeah. So then track 10, a lesson from Nicole. I don't mind this one at all that much. The, the lyrics are mostly tolerable and musically they do some really interesting things. The left to right speaker transfer is always a really cool thing thing that i i enjoy and the the tempo switch up was amazing yeah you do like, that was really choice and, right dude i love the left to right phasing it's so fun yeah. and it yeah, adds like it it adds so much to a song yeah agreed so track 11 don't be one great intro if he could keep his cleans like this first verse every single song would be so much better like if he instead of doing that doubled up speaking vocal that he does nearly every damn track, if he kept mm-hmm. them clean, I would like it so much more. Uh, this there, song we found been... we found one definitive point of our musical taste difference right there because sure, I yeah. I'll take this over is like when I heard this song with his cleans, I I also knew I was like this, if nothing else on this record, Scott should enjoy this part. Yeah, I I do, but then later on in the track his. Yeah. Lyrics get com- completely unintelligible. He goes back to the, <laughs> but not actually saying words. Like, bro, you wrote words. These words are supposed yeah. to mean something to you enough to give them to us, and you're just not doing it. Yeah, and I think at a certain point, it's that whole also like, yeah, maybe he wrote it, but the vibe is also more important than the lyrics in this aspect, which I know you're never cool with. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like lyrics, words mean a lot more to me than vibe. (laughs) Yeah. So then we have the closer, Immaculate Misconception. First off, I love the transition from Don't Be One to this track. Seamless, flawless, great transition. 
the slight pause and that deep bell sound before now and forever was great. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's it. So l- let's let's look at this real quick. And you'll like we said, twelve tracks, thirty-one minutes. Yeah, Perfect, right? right? Yeah. Longest track on this record: three minutes and nine seconds. Nope, yeah. wrong. Three minutes and twenty-eight seconds. Okay. Yeah. Super super quick. So, looking at those track lags, Scott, mm-hmm. you can see you can see why I love this record <laughs> so much. Right. Yes. Well, not Every not only track, the track lengths. The switch ups make it sound like yeah. different tracks, and then the vocals yeah. makes it sound like different tracks within the different tracks within the different tracks. Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> every track, the, to me, every track gets to its point. Every track gives me a breakdown that I need. Every track does something that I need. But I, I know it wasn't the same for you. I after no. I gave it to you, I even told Ty, I was like, well. I didn't give him Cannibal Corpse, but I gave him Tommy <laughs> Price. Still not going to enjoy. <laughs> uh, so, there were highlights. Uh, okay, uh, top three. Don't be one. Okay. Yep is number is number three. Sorry, my number three. Number two is the philosophy of time travel. Which after saying that it's a Donnie Darko type thing, uh, yeah, I see that now. Yeah, uh, and it makes sense. And then my number one is a lesson from Nicole. Yeah, I I knew we would not have the same top three on this. I knew that. I had the feeling too, because <laughs> my my top three are let's go three R two Deep Throat. I I love it. I still do. I can't help it. It's cringy. It's absolutely cringy, yeah. and yeah. I can't I can't find myself listening to this loudly in my car. Like I can't have somebody <laughs> right. else hear that. And then number two would be thought you met Telly and turned me into Casper. That's probably okay. not my number two. And then number yeah. one's Felony. I love that track. I, I do. Sure. I love the, the, the three tracks that are probably your least favorite are my probably, favorite tracks. Yeah. yeah. So you said there were highlights. So you, you did have moments that you liked. There, it, and they were all like towards the end of the record. And I think, yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah. Two of my top three are from the end. The philosophy of time travel is the sixth track. So that the exact midpoint, all my top three are B-side tracks. So in addition to like everything we talked about and why I liked it, the production itself is almost surgical. And you know how much I like that. Yeah, I know you love that. And maybe maybe if it was a little grimier, I would like it more. Like maybe it would give me more, like I would feel more conviction from it. That could be, if if you went back and listened to Respect Issue, it's it's grimier. Like I said, okay. it's, it's kind of cloudy. It's misty. It's, it's, it's kind of oily, if that makes sense. Greasy. Right. Yeah. But it does. It also doesn't have the new metal. A lot of the new metal stuff in it, right? Yeah, that's but and the, that's the, the thing. Like going back and listening to it, not focusing on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. The music of this record is actually really good. The the production moments where any other band would have a guitar ring out, it just blatantly cuts off. Like you can hear the edit. Like you can yeah. hear the cut. And then it just rips back in with a with not even a ringing in. It rips with just the like on off on off. Yeah. I love it. I think it adds to the heaviness of this. I know other people feel that heaviness is based on that grime and that dirt, but for some reason, the surgical preciseness, precision, yeah. not preciseness, the surgical <laughs> precision of this production makes this thing much heavier to me. But I guess I need to ask you the question, Scott. Yeah, I know the answer. Yeah, Mirror's felony. Thrown own phone or ground. Yeah, I'm 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 going with grown on this one. I, I can't even I see myself coming. going back and listening to it on as a phone. Frankie is just not 
like his mind is not for me (laughs) at this time of his life, at least now we will be doing the next record at some point. It's probably not going to be soon, but we're going to be doing it. And, but I will say if Frankie starts putting some of his own interests in the record, do you think that would help you? And by his own interests, I mean like video games and comic books. I would say probably because this doesn't feel all that personal to me. Like, yeah, yeah. If it feels like fake personal, it feels like an attitude embodied. Yeah, it it feels like he's trying to. Yes, he's trying to embody an attitude that just is not one that I get down with. Like I, which is I don't get me wrong, I have been and continue to be sometimes an angry dude. Like I get angry. I feel the need to get physical. I don't ever, I, I think I've been in like two fights in my life and they were when I was really young. Um, two fights this week. <laughs> with myself. You uh, don't stop fighting. <laughs> but like this, this whole persona he has on this record is everything I'm against. Like I just, like I said multiple times in the, in the episode already, I get high school bully vibes off this record heavy. And which I'm going to be honest with you. That's not a rare opinion. Yeah. It just doesn't. If you, if you look up reviews and other things, people say the same thing. And if I'm being a hundred percent honest, anytime I've worn an Amir shirt or something. Yeah. The person that said, I like your shirt or I like Amir. I can agree. Probably wouldn't want to be friends with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a bummer to think about, but it kind of is. But you know, okay, yeah, like whatever. We all live our lives. Live your life. Yeah, yeah. But Scott, this wasn't the only thing you were listening to this week. It was What's not. your record of the week? My record of the week. I cheated. I'm doing two, right? But they're from the same band, okay. so it's only kind of a cheat. Okay. Um, my records of the week are Death is the Only Mortal and It Comes in Waves by the Acacia Strain. So you listened to Death is the Only Mortal. I did. What is it that you don't like about that record? I wish I could explain it. I don't know. Okay. I, I really like don't it know. a it just, lot. It just doesn't do it anything for me. Like, I I don't know if it's because it's a little faster. If it's Yeah, it's fast. I it's love pre- Vincent's voice on it. The the lyrical content, I love that it's speaking on the mortality of like just people, like life. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I get down with a few tracks, like real heavy, but all in all, I wish I could tell you. Like, I, I think there really was wish. only one that I really didn't dig, and I, I don't remember the name of it, but there, like, uh, how we talked about during Coma Witch, how like. I don't dig how they focus on one person and it feels like they're taking it out on one person. There's one track like that off of this one that I didn't really get down with, but the rest of the record I thought was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I I just had to go look up because I, this is one that I had reviewed on my Instagram and I had to go look up what I said about it. Yeah. And I said, um, I don't know if it was the label change or the entire production by DL or maybe equal parts of both, but this one's a mess to me. It absolutely has amazing moments, but that's all they are is momentary. The album almost seems to be at war with itself most of the time. Maybe you can add that thematically into the progression that I've been mentioning about their albums getting different emotions and things, mm-hmm. but it, it just seems a mess to me. There are absolutely spots in this album that are clear doorways to the next album, though. 
Like you can hear moments in this that become coma witch, right? Coma witch, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I knew. I, I honestly, still to this day, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and then it comes in waves. You told me about it when we did coma witch about it mm-hmm. being like their kind of black metal record, and yeah. man, that vibe is in there, and I love yeah. it. I think I think crazy. it's great, and it's short and sweet. It's I think seven tracks. Yeah, but uh, for being honest, one track. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just it's like a whole flow throughout the yeah. whole record. Yeah, I I really enjoyed both of them, and then I was like, I got to put Frankie in his place and, and give, <laughs> <laughs> so give, give okay, some flowers yeah. to Acacia Strain on this one. <laughs> so on the on the Amir episode, your two albums of the week are Acacia Strain records. One hundred percent. Take that, Frankie. I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> I'm sure he won't. And I'm uh, really he worried if he does. Uh well, he doesn't know where you live. He'll have to listen to more episodes than that to figure it out. <laughs> right. Come meet me on Eight Mile. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Catch me outside, Frankie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my record of the week, I'm going a different way. A lot of my records of the week are usually like hip hop records, just because that's yeah. what I listen to mostly. Yeah. This I saw, it, it had to be a TikTok where it was something like metal elitist. And it was okay. a guy saying, you're not a metal elitist if you don't know who these are. And I didn't know any of them. So I guess oh. I'm not a metal elitist. But I saw I saw one that looked really interesting. And I took a dive on it. And it is from the band Prostitute Disfigurement. Oh. The album is Descendants of Depravity. Okay. Already is, not my vibe, I don't think. It is unbelievably heavy and technical. Like, I okay. haven't listened to a technical death metal record in a while. Right. Like, I got, I got real into Suffocation. Is it Suffocation? Last year that are super technical and sometimes just a little, like, if you're that technical, it I, I can't vibe on it. Like, it's just right. so technical that it's like, okay, I can appreciate what you're doing, but what, what are we doing? Yeah. But <laughs> this record had kind of all of it. It worked for me. And it made me realize, like, wow, yeah, I, I guess if you're, if you want to be an elitist about this kind of metal, this is definitely a record you need to listen to. So oh, okay. I, I, I loved it, but I don't think I'm going to be exploring much technical death metal, if that means anything. <laughs> gotcha. What am I listening to next week? So the last time I took you on a trip to Ireland, it was not successful. We, we, did, not, we did not have the same kind of trip there. That's because I thought I was there with your family and everybody else was having a good time and I wasn't. Yeah, it, it didn't go well. So I'm going to take you on a trip to Ireland again, but we're going Northern Ireland this time. Back in the year of our Lord, 1979, I think. Holy shit. <laughs> it might be 78. We're going with Stiff Little Fingers, Inflammable Material. I don't, I've never even heard that band name. And I love that you haven't. Yeah, I, I've never heard of Stiff Little Fingers at all. I and I love nothing that. to even think of what this is. Uh, as long as it's not... I'll be all right. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's, I'm, I'm glad you've never heard them. I'm glad you've never heard of them. I'm glad you're going into this completely unaware of what's going to happen to you. Uh, and it should be, it should be a fun record. For me. Should be a fun episode next week. Should be a fun episode for me, is what he says. (laughs) Remember that. That's a little foreshadowing for next week. Really, really excited for next week. 
I am too. I love I love every week we do this, even when it's an album I hate. Which I, you know what? It's like funny. This kind of was your your time too. It kind of sounds funny, like this was this, episode of you too. This episode seemed like it, we were firing on all cylinders on this. Well, it's because every time you hate something, I feel the need to argue. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Like I don't know why. Like when I hate something, you kind of just sit back and let me burn myself out. Yeah. But when you hate something, I feel the need to argue, and I can't hold it back sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but on this one, you didn't have an argument for my arguments. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't because so, I don't understand it myself. Because yeah, I it feel makes me really good. I feel really good after this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, follow us on Twitter at AYLPod. Follow us on Instagram at AYLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. L- join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Listen to the other Joy Road Media podcasts. Support the Georgia Media Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you. Of course, every time. Thank you so much. And the real question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah, buddy. Rolling like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. Ease back the bro throttle a bit. I'm going to punch you in the mouth like a little bitch. Don't fucking call me son. I feel the need to get physical. Maybe he is super hard.